For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to the Dodger Dudes Show with former Dodger pitcher Brett Tomko and his Sandlot buddy Josh the Duker Luke. The Dodger Dudes talk Dodger baseball, Sandlot stories from their youth, and share what it's going to take for the Blue Crew to win the World Series. Don't forget to answer our weekly poll question and fan poll on Twitter and Facebook. The Dodger Dudes Show is part of the Believe Sports Network online at BLEAV.com. The Dodger Dudes believe in the Dodgers. Do you believe? Welcome back to the Dodger Dude Show. I'm your co-host, Josh Luke, with former Dodger Brett Tomko. So, Brett, we got the first one, man. What do you think? Josh, man, what a game last night. That was, that was something to watch, and I'm sure a big, huge sigh of relief for, for most Dodger fans to get that first one out of the way and say, oh, okay, all this buildup is kind of over with, and now we're, you know, we're, we're heading in the right direction. Yeah, I'm excited. My brother texted me this morning and said, <clears throat> one down, 10 more to go. You know, you got to win 11 games in the postseason. But, you know, what? I've said that the last few years, and I'm more of the thought process now that one down, two to go. And, and I think that's a safer spot for us to be. Let's think. Let's just See, win I, I'm on the whole just one down every game. Like, yeah, that's there's right. one down. That's a pitcher's mentality. <laughs> that's right. a, totally. It's just not, it's not even like, hey, we got to think about 10 more. It's like, no, we got to win tomorrow. That, so let's let me, just worry about that win. Yeah, let me take you through the emotional roller coaster that, that was me yesterday during the game. You know, the book on Corbin, the stats, as you pointed out the other day, on Corbin versus the Dodgers were great. It almost played to Washington's advantage. He's a nasty lefty. And his out pitch, and it was really clear, everybody said it, his out pitch is not a strike. It's a low slider that drops out of the zone and everybody chases it for the first two innings. I was going nuts, going, wait, this was the book. Why are we chasing? And then you and my brother are both like, dude, you can't. Well, the, the great pitch. thing is we have a text between us and our brothers. So, like us firing stuff during the game and kind of the banter back and forth, it's kind of fun because, you know, you got the fans' perspective, you and Scott, and then you got matt and i kind of I love like it, yeah. oh well, you can't you can't you can't hold off that slider and, and matt goes you're absolutely right so yeah. it, it's it's a fun little dynamic that we have going on our little text chain so um so tell me about the umping and the strikes and it feels like it kind of went back and forth but you had some feelings on it as well well yeah i think i think the it it started off i think pretty liberal like you said um and, and then it got a little bit tight but there were some pitches that, that Corbin were throwing that were right there that I thought were good pitches that, that the umpire were calling balls too. I thought he did a decent job. I think umpire and I, I think umpires get a bad rap and this is coming from a pitcher that, you know, yeah. you usually, you know, don't like the umpires. It's, it's a hard thing, especially now there's so much data in terms of like feed instant feedback, even on the screen, they got that little box that that's supposedly the strike zone. So people can, you know, watch it. And all those, I don't know how many monitors there are in the stadium. So people are watching that. So man, my hat's off to the umpires, uh, you know, getting back there in, in, in big situations like that and, and call, I thought he called a good game. You know, I thought he did too. The emotions sometimes get you, um, get you. He's little... always, there's always one group that says he's right. And one group that says <laughs> that's he's right. Wrong. Depending on who wins and loses. I, uh, 
the one pitch that in, initially I said, no way that was a strike. Will Smith, he punched him out on one that was right at the, at the, um, the letters on the inside corner and on the, on the tracker, it showed it probably caught the zone, but that high strike is always one that players don't like. Right. Well, see, and I have a different perspective on that too. Cause I always said like, you know, the hitters, they complain when they call that high strike, but if I throw a pitch, you know, chest high and they hit it out of the ballpark yeah, they the complain. first thing they say when they come back to the dugout is like oh he threw it right down the middle he put it on a tee for me so it's like they complain if it's called a strike but if they hit it they go oh he he was right down the middle yeah so i i always would get i would get mad i'm like well you were just complaining about that last at bat like doesn't yeah. make sense to me the umpire man it's crazy so let's talk about walker bueller it turned out to be a fantastic call by doc and the, the dodgers general management came out on fire his pitch count was so low in fact i thought brett they were going to pull him for a pinch hitter there in the was it the fifth inning when when we yeah. had first and third and one out i mean what were your thoughts were you thinking they were going to pull him i i didn't i didn't because i think he was rolling so good and you know it was it was it was fun to see him go out there because i know last year he struggled a little bit and I'm sure that had to be weighing on his mind. He, you know, he's human. So, you know, those, those thoughts creep, creep in your mind the whole day. I'm sure the whole day, you know, he's thinking, you know, I got to get out there. I got to stay within my – that's the big thing. You got to stay within yourself and, and follow your game plan. And he came out there, and I think with him, he's kind, of, he's kind of almost like a little throwback back to like Pedro, you know, where he's just coming at people. And, and he's not afraid of anybody, and he's going to challenge people. And he did that. And he's enough, he was enough around the strike zone that even on his misses, they were close enough, you know, to get guys wanting to start chasing. And, and then as the game progresses a little bit, he can start moving those pitches farther off and get guys to chase. I thought he did a fantastic job. Yeah, that he had trouble. I think it was the fifth inning where he loaded the bases up on walks. Yeah, and got, got out him, of that. Got himself out of it. The irony of him going back up to hit, because I actually thought they should have left him in again the next time he came up when they had Kike come pinch hit, because I, that's one of the things I really struggle with with Doc, even though he's great at the moves. The pitchers, and you and I have talked about this before, those starters are so good. And when a guy's throwing a shutout, and, and when he's gotten out of a jam. Giving up one hit. Yeah, it's like, man, I just don't know if you're going to get any better. Even if this guy's tired, he's locked in. Let's let him get in a little trouble before we do it. But, you know, that's that's never been their playbook. But what here's the irony of them. Um, so he gets a hit in the second inning, right? He gets a, a little gapper to the right side. Okay, and then the next inning when they do let him hit, they have him uh, bunt <laughs> with first and third, which, of course, you're trying to avoid the double play. That makes sense. But it's like, wait, you're letting the guy hit, but you're making him strike out on purpose, essentially, by bunting. Yeah, and, no, uh, I mean, it, it, I, we actually, like, we were texting back and forth, like, are they going to leave him in for that last inning? And, yeah. and, and, you know, what Colorac did to Soto was like, oh, okay, that's why they did it. Yeah. And, I mean, they, they played it perfectly. Um, you know, the big decision was who they were going to come in for the, for the ninth inning. I thought maybe for a second they were going to put Jansen in there just to get his feet wet and just give him game action. But, I mean, Kelly uh, Kelly was lights out. The whole, the whole bullpen was lights out. It was great to see Maeda yeah. coming in there and doing what he's done in the last couple of years. I mean, I, I don't think the Dodgers could have written it up any better to go out there in game one and have Bueller have a, a, a outing like that. And plus it saves his arm a little bit. You got to think, you got to think of the playoffs a little bit as not such a sprint because I think you're assuming and, and you're optimistic that you're going to make it to the next round and the next round. So if you can shave off an inning in a game and, and you think your bullpen's set up to attack and match up, then, then you go to it. 
Well, and if Bueller can come back in game five, you know, the thought process is they will have seen him once. He probably won't be good three times through the lineup as good as he was this time because they've seen him a lot. And, and they haven't seen a lot of the bullpen. I mean, the, the fact that we only had to use, uh, what, three relievers yesterday and one was just for, you know, lefty versus lefty, uh, that, that has so many advantages. I was I just was stoked how the game went. Um, let's talk about the X factor. And, and he, you know, he's probably my favorite player. I've talked about him all year, like – He's the guy I was frustrated earlier in the year when they moved Muncie from second to fifth in the order, but it makes perfect sense because this guy, you know, we have the MVP of the National League batting fourth, but, man, the MVP of our team. And, and Bellinger, if, if they gave him a truck or something, he might hand the keys to Max Muncie like Tom Brady always does, right? Muncie's just been sick. He had half the RBIs in the game last night. Yeah, I mean, he's in that middle of the lineup, and, and, and he comes up in crucial situations. Even the walk in the first inning, I mean, that was a great at-bat. Um, you know, it, he's, he's getting the job done. And I think Dodger fans are to the point, and I don't care if he's hitting 230 or 240 or whatever it is, when he comes up there, you know he's going to give a good at bat. You know he's going to battle. And he's, and he's produced. He's done big things this year already and, 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 and in the years past. So, you know, it was, it was fun to see. And we've talked about him, you know, numerous, numerous times on the podcast. So to come up there and, and, and be crucial, I mean, he's going to get the key to the city by the end of this playoffs, it looks like. So, Brett, let me ask you about that. If there was ever a time or a hitter that had the green light on 3-0 and with a guy who has walked three straight batters, I'm thinking to myself, it's Max Muncy right now, put one in the bleachers, and it, it looked like he had a, a take from the coaching staff. What's your thought as a pitcher when you're 3-0 and bases loaded? You're like, I have to put it over the plate. So are you thinking – you know, give him something. What are you thinking? What's the pitcher's there's mentality? Not, there's not a, <laughs> yeah, there's not a whole lot of guys that have the green light 3-0. Um, Max Muncy, how hot he is or not. Um, there's only a few guys in that situation, you know, that are going to get get to swing away at that, especially in a, in a tight ball game like that. So, you know, as, as a pitcher, you go 3-0 bases loaded. You're just hoping. I mean, it's one of those things you have to, you have to get a strike. You don't get a strike, you're in trouble. So, you know, you make a pitch, you try to try to keep the ball down in the zone a little bit. So it's not something that can be elevated and, and even hit for a sacrifice fly. Cause at that point, anything in the air, that's a, a little bit deep as a run. So you're sure. just trying to split the plate in half and, and keep it somewhere, you know, above the knees. But you know, there's always that, that little, little seed of doubt in the back of your mind where you're like, this guy could come unglued right here and swing three. Oh, I don't know if it's going to happen, but it doesn't happen quite often. So I, so let's stay on that for a minute because this is what I always love about kind of digging into things with you, putting you, putting you on the mound. Um, so about half the time when you're in that situation, bases loaded, uh, 3-0, it's because you're just not in a groove. I mean, yesterday the guy walked three guys. So particularly when you've walked the three batters, so you're more worried about your own focus, aren't you, than is this guy going to swing or not? I'm like, man, I just got to find the strikes on here. Well, yeah, at that point, um, you, you, you definitely are, are fishing inside your own head. And, and I think, you know, any, you talk to any pitcher, that's, that's the number one thing is to stay out of your way and, and stay out of your head. But, you know, you throw everything in the mix. You, you're not even talking a regular season game. If you're in a regular season game, you know, your, your senses are heightened already because you're on the ropes. But then you throw it into the playoffs. You throw it into the, you know, you're on the road. You got – a hot hitter up there that's done damage all those things start weighing into your mind 
and yeah, and sometimes the, the last thing from your mind is what am I trying to do with this pitch? But that should be the number one thing that's that you're thinking about. But I'll tell you what, the game, everyone tries to tell you to, to slow the game down in your head. And, and that's the hardest thing to do as a player, sure. a hitter, or a pitcher is in those situations where the intensity has, has risen, the crowd is loud, you know, you can almost feel the stadium like vibrating is yeah. to be able to slow, slow your emotions, slow the game, slow your thought process, because it happens so fast. And, and to, to be able to do that, that's why the great are the great and, sure. and the, and the average are the average. Sure. Well, Hey, I want to bring something up that you and I didn't even put in our, our pre-show notes, but there's one guy on our team that, that I'm starting to think, wow, this guy is a series changer. He comes off the bench and hits a pinch hit home run. And if I'm the other manager, I'm going, I have to, I have to counter this move and bring in a lefty. If they bring Peterson in, this guy's been on fire. This she's got 36 home runs counting yesterday. Well, yeah, I think the situation, you know, I, I think it, I think it snuck up on, on Washington. It wasn't, you know, at that point it was five, nothing. Lux had just hit the home run, the, the yeah. you know, two batters before. And you kind of, I think the sale, the wind was out of the sails of Washington at that point. And you don't even really think about matching up. You're just saying, Oh man, the game got away from us. And then all of a sudden, you know, uh, pitch it. I would like to see where that, that ball landed. If it didn't hit the foul pole, that might've went upper tank, which you don't see a whole lot at Dodger stadium. I mean, that ball was tatered. Um, but you know, I think it's going to open eyes to, to a lot of teams that work quite on the whole Peterson, you know, radar of, of what he can do in, in a situation. But you know, I'd like to, I would have liked to see it off a left-hander just to kind of put it in our minds that maybe he could do it. Sure. Sure. But man, and, and so kind of the unspoken, not looking ahead to the next round, but there's a, there's a silent competition that's going to be taking place between Lux and Beatty for that last roster spot in the second round. If in fact the Dodgers try to go to 12 uh, position players and 13 pitchers and Lux made the first move yeah. in that competition. Now that's assuming nobody gets hurt too. Right. So, I mean, right. I thought that was, that was a big at bat for a rookie. I mean, to get that off your chest, how cool is that? I mean, what a awesome at bat. I mean, not just a, just to get your first playoff at bat out of the way and say, okay, now I can kind of settle in. And next time I get it, I'll be a little bit more locked in and focused, but to come out there and, and, and go deep your first AB uh, ever, ever in the playoffs at 21 years old. I mean, that, that's something you can't even, you know, write in a book. So, I mean, he's got to be on cloud nine right now. Cause at, at a point he, people didn't even think he was going to be on the roster. Sure. So to be able to go out there and, and make a splash like that and kind of, Almost like, hey, I've arrived. Here I yeah. am. And he's going to make a great case for next year. And I always say that one's in the record books forever. It can never be taken away. If the kid got hurt and never played another game next year, nobody hopes that for him. I mean, that to me, when you've done something like that, it's, it's, uh, it's documented and it's for good. So, you know, was there anybody yesterday on the Dodgers that, man, you just think didn't look at? I can't think of anybody. I'd like to see Will Smith have a big game at the plate. But was there anybody um, that I thought everybody looked good? I mean, even Kike hit the ball hard. Well, yeah, I think, I think everyone looked good. I, I still think, I mean, it was two nothing till, till late in the game. It wasn't yeah. like they were ripping, ripping the cover off the ball, but Corbin was pitching a good game. Uh, but, you know, we had talked about it on, on the podcast before the Dodgers, what they need to do is get those starters out because that's when the, the game changes. Um, I think our bullpen, you know, the Dodger bullpen is, is, is set up a lot better than, than Washington. And I think that's their Achilles heel. So, you know, 
that's what they need to focus on. Put pressure on the starters, work their pitch counts, which I think they did. I think that was one yeah, thing with Corbin. Well. They, they worked the count, whether it was the umpire getting a little tight at times or, or they were just tracking his pitches, you know, good enough. Um, you know, they did it. They got him out. They got to the bullpen. They got to Rodney, which I thought was an interesting move too, that they didn't match up a lefty. Um, with Rodney out there, I know he has a great changeup, and I listened to a little bit of, of the interviews with Martinez after the game, and he said, you know, I thought his changeup matched up good with those lefties. Apparently, obviously it didn't, but yeah. um, for the Dodgers, it worked out. Yeah, so, you know, I'm, I'm not a huge fan of the pitch count because I think back to when we were growing up and Nolan Ryan, like, threw 10 innings in a game or something, 200 <laughs> pitches, and, and then I go pregame to Dodger Stadium and I see Kershaw throwing for an hour from center field to you know the the left field line with his catcher warming up going well, how many pitches did he throw before the game so I've never been a huge fan of pitch counts but in the playoffs I'm absolutely the guy counting pitches every inning saying keep it under 12 keep it under 15 and what was interesting yesterday the pitch count really told a story is Corbin had an awful first inning I want to say he was at 31 pitches or something like that and by the fourth inning, his pitch count was right there with Bueller's, which told you this guy's been dealing in the second, third, and fourth inning. Well, yeah. I mean, that as a starting pitcher, whenever I would throw 25, 30 pitches in the first inning, you almost could be like, well, I'm going five innings today. You just It's, it's hard, it's hard to, to make up that ground that you lost after throwing so many pitches. But, you know, and, and that's something the Dodgers may have, I think, like I said, they only had two runs. Maybe they were a little – too aggressive after that they could have worked the count a little bit more and and made that pitch count skyrocket a little bit earlier and got into their bullpen maybe in the fourth inning or 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 even in the third inning if they could have put more pressure on them but you know Corbin did a good job too I mean it was a great it was a great pitcher's duel at one point I text you pitcher's duel man it it was just they were going back and forth there weren't a ton of hits you know there was Corbin got wild he got wild in that first inning and, and gave up that run and that at least gave the Dodgers a little bit of a safety net if you were to go out there and just attack people and go after it. And, you know, it was, it was a great game. It was a great game to watch. Yeah, so let's talk a little bit about the relievers uh, and how they were used and dig into your expertise a little bit about um, were you surprised? Uh, the first reliever in was Maeda, I think, right? And then they brought Kolarik in for one. Kolarik was first. Oh, he was first. Okay, yeah. backwards. Because when he walked out there, we all texted each other and said, what, what are they doing? And then, <laughs> you know, he's nasty. They're, I mean, him from the side, if he throws strikes, I, do, I don't see people hitting him. I mean, I haven't, I haven't watched him a ton this year. You know, the times I catch the games and, and, and really pay attention, I haven't, I haven't seen him match up because he's a great one, one batter, two batter guy. But him from that arm angle and, and the stuff he has, yeah, I wouldn't want to be a lefty facing that guy. And I come in there, he can do that every game. They will use do that every single game, it, it, one or two batters, and that guy has been lights out. Yeah. And then you go on to that, and then Mayetti came in there for an inning and two-thirds, and I thought he looked great. And that's, you know, it, it, we talked about going from starters to relievers and the transition and the mindset, and, you know, he's done a fantastic job. And, you know, I think once you do that, it, it's not as big of a deal as, as people make it out to be. And his stuff looked great yesterday. I, I, I thought they actually were only going to throw him one inning, and I was actually surprised when he went out there for the second because I thought they would maybe just put Baez in there just to get an inning under his belt, get him, you know, get guys in the game, you know, playoff situation and intensity. But, you know, to get him out there for an inning and two-thirds uh, was great. It got to that last inning to have Kelly in. 
So how about Joe Kelly? I mean, he just looked lights out to me. Well, I mean, that's the, the, it's hard not to say he's your closer with stuff that he's got. And, and if you really look at his stats, you know, in the playoffs, he's been unbelievable in the playoffs, especially the last couple of years. I mean, even from 2016 with Boston, I mean, it, 2016, he didn't give up a run. 2017, didn't give up a run. 2018, didn't give up a run. 2000, or wait, 2018 gave up um, a couple runs. But that's it. That's all he's done. He's been lights out. So it's, you know, you got a guy throwing 98 to 100, basically, with the amount of movement that he has on the ball. That pitch he threw to Soto to end the game, like as a left-handed hitter, you have no defense for that. Because as soon as you see that start at your front hip, you immediately give up. And if you have that much run to get the ball back over the plate at, I think, 98 or 99, that's almost impossible to hit. So I, I think the Dodgers seeing that are going to think, think twice about how they're going to use him, you know, in crucial situations with the game on the line. Kenley's still going to get a shot here and there, I think, because he's the closer. But it's a nice, nice thing to know that you have Kelly in, in the back pocket of yours with electric stuff like he has. Yeah, and I'm with you. I feel like uh, Kenley's going to be brought in when he's needed, not in a situation where it's quote-unquote a save situation. Uh, and, and it's kind of funny to think that um, baseball's become that, well, we only bring him in if we have a three-run lead or if there's a runner you know, in scoring position, guy on deck. You know, We're playing to win. And there'll be, I think there'll be a game where he, it's three, they're up by three. And they're going to bring him in as, as a closed situation, I think. Um, you know, I, I'm sure every single Dodger fan in, in the world, when it was 2 nothing, started playing that scenario in their mind. 2 nothing, bottom of the ninth, here comes Jansen, what's going to happen? I mean, I thought it. I'm sure you thought it. Um, I, I, think, I, I think when they tacked on those few runs, people went, oh, great, <laughs> we're, we're going to be okay. Yeah, that was nice to, but the Dodgers do that, man. They explode in the seventh and eighth inning. And, you know, the book on Washington, and you've said it a couple of times, is get through their starters, get to the bullpen. And this offense is just so loaded. Um, the Dodgers have the ability to do that. But so let's go on to game two tonight. I mean, there's a crucial game. We can't get overconfident. The last thing you want to do. Uh, and then, of course, I threw some love to our buddy Bruce Torkelson, who pointed this out. This is why he hates the five-game series. He goes, after the wild card, you're going to get their number one starter in their home ballpark in game three, so you better be up 2-0 when you do it. Right. And I think there's a lot of merit to that. I mean, what do you think? I mean, we got to win this game because we don't want to go to game three having to face Scherzer on the road. Well, I mean, it's a great matchup. I mean, if you're going to have a matchup that's a marquee matchup, you got Kershaw against Strasburg. I mean, yeah. you, don't, you don't get much better than that. Um, you know, Strasburg in the playoffs has been pretty good. I mean, he's, he's pitched uh, three, different, three different times. So he's got a .4 ERA in the playoffs. And it's not a huge sample size. It's 22 innings pitch, but that's still, that's still pretty good. And, and he looked great in the wild card game. So, and he's done it all year. I mean, a possible Cy Young type candidate. Uh, we talked about that earlier. But it, it, it's going to be good. Kershaw, you know, he's had his playoff struggles. We've all, we've all talked about it. We all, you know, lean towards, you know, the last couple of years, him tipping some pitches. But he's had a great year, too. So throw these two guys out there um, uh, under the lights. It's going to be electric. Um, Strasburg, if we go a little bit deeper into that, the Dodgers haven't hit him too well. Uh, career stats of some guys, Bellinger's only hitting 133 off him. 
David Freeze, 091. Um, Jock Peterson, 091. Polick is the only, the one guy that's that's kind of maybe figured him out a little bit. He's seven for 14 off him, um, hitting 500. Seager, 083. Taylor, 086 or, or 063. And Justin Turner's done a little bit a little bit of damage off him at 286. So he's he's got the Dodgers numbered a little bit. Um, and and on the flip side with Clayton. Um, you know, the Nationals have banged him up a little bit. They got some guys that have, have done some damage. Um, Parra, 317. Rendon, 263. Um, you know, Soto hasn't really had any bats off him. Um, let's see. Adams, 250. So some guys that have done a little bit of damage. Not crazy. Howie Kendrick, 286. So it, it's, gonna, it's, it's one of those things on paper – you know, you lean over towards Washington, but we all know, you know, what's on the paper doesn't mean anything. It's when you get out there, you get some experience and, and you get towed up and you get ready to go. You can throw that all out the door and say, you know, who's the best pitcher on that night? Yeah. So, I mean, you're probably going to see our left-handed lineup tonight, which means David Freeze goes to the bench. Uh, Pollock goes, drops in the order, likely. Jock Peterson, of course, leads off. It'll be interesting to see, um, you know, if Matt, Matt Beatty's likely going to be in the lineup, probably playing first base. And so it'll be interesting. And, and maybe, maybe not, maybe, uh, Lux is at second. And that's kind of the mystery question of the day, right? Is Lux at second and, and Muncie at first, or is, is Beatty in at first and Muncie at second? But I mean, he, Beatty, Beatty, I was just looking, he's, he's one for two. So he's seen him a couple of times. Doesn't really mean anything, but you know, I, I tend to think Dave's going to match up more lefty righty. Um, you know, just, that's just my gut, but you know, it may, he might go off his gut and say, Hey, let's keep freeze in there. He's been big in the playoffs, you know, the last couple of years and let's just keep rolling with it. Yeah. I'm with, I mean, I love, I love David freeze. I mean, he's a guy that, um, can get a big hit at any time. He's got all the, the awards. What do you think about, are we going to see Will Smith back there again tonight? Or do you think doc's going to go to the veteran? Um, that's a great question. Um, you know, I, I think, I think with Kershaw on the mound, he uh, it's a coin flip. Uh, to be honest, I don't know. Um, I, I would roll – I'd roll Will Smith out there again. Why not? Uh, he got a little yeah. bit – his feet wet last night. Just keep rolling him out. Um, we'll, say, we'll probably see Russell Martin with Ryu, I, I would imagine, because Russ has caught him and, and the numbers are drastically different. So I would imagine Taylor, or Smith will get the nod tonight. So, you know, what – when I think about who's going to have a big game tonight, I, I, my gut's telling me Jock Peterson's going to have a big hit. And I'm, I just got this feeling that Bellinger's going to have a big, maybe not even a home run, but maybe just a nice gap or double or something along those lines. What I love about Belly is he can steal a base for you. He can make a huge play in the field. So who, who are you feeling like is going to step up tonight? Know, I'm, 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 I'm leaning towards Seager doing something. He was so solid, um, you know, the – the whole season really. And, and, you know, he's just that quiet guy. And I think in a big situation, he might come up with something big. Peterson, I think that, you know, he has the ability at any, any at bat to do something massive, but you know, I, I I'm going to pick Seager to do something big tonight. Well, I felt like he did something big last night too. I mean, you got, he, he had a base hit, right. And he had another one that was right down the line. I think that was almost another hit. If I recall correctly, I don't have the data in front of me, but he's going to be the sleeper. I think all series. Well, it's so nice to, to have – I mean, when you got guys – this is one thing about the Dodgers. you got guys that you're moving between the two-hole and the seven-hole. That's a good lineup, right? I mean, yeah. when you're moving pieces like that, 
Seager was our second, our number two hitter until this year because he he you know missed so much time and didn't really get in a groove till just about the All Star break this year. I mean, in theory, he's been as good as anybody the second half of the season. Yeah, he's been great. I mean, yeah. that's he's been the one consistent besides Bellinger. I mean, Bellinger's been consistent. We went over that you know a ton, and he put up. Uh, an amazing MVP season, but Seager, on the other hand, he's been the, the other guy that's been consistent all season. He just hasn't put up the crazy numbers like Bellinger, but you know, he's as, as stable and, and steady as they can be. So one thing to point out, I want to ask a couple more questions and see if there's anything left. One thing to point out when the Dodgers have their lefties in the lineup is they don't have lefties on the bench. And so does that concern you at all, Brett, that, um, that if you start Beatty, uh, and Peterson, and then you get late in the game and you're doing the matchups um, that you don't have a lefty to go to on the bench? I mean, I, I wouldn't worry about it. it it's, it's what you got. And you're go- I mean, I'd rather have the thunder in the lineup, you know, to start and then worry about the end of the game because who knows? Because in the fifth or sixth, seventh inning, it may not matter anyways. Um, I, I think at, at some point you just have to take the chance and dive into it and say, hey, we're going to throw our best guys out there that we think are going to, you know get us off the you know the start and and try to win us a ball game uh, anyway if you look at if you look at uh Washington's bullpen they only have one left-hander in the bullpen so it's not like they're going to do a ton of matching up anyways yeah. they had they're all right-handed dominant so you know there's not a whole lot of decision making and, and matching up on Dave's side anyway so it's just a matter of just going out there and putting up your best lineup to start the game who you think's has a chance to get the job done. Who's that left-hander? I don't have that in front of me. Who is it? Is it's a it long? Qu- that's a great question. <laughs> yeah, I can go. I can go to it right now. But I'm just wondering: is he a long reliever or a short reliever? Is I would imagine question. he's a short. Like <laughs> he might be long in this series. <laughs> we don't know. <laughs> yeah, I I just heard that last night that they had one left-hander. I probably should have looked that up. A I can look. Bit. Where's that our up, stat so. guy? Where Where's our stat guy? I haven't he's heard not from on the him air today. right now. But right. I can go to roster here on my my app. So here's the other question I had for you: Who, as a pitcher? Who uh, do you think needs to get in the game tonight so long as the situation presents? Is there anybody that you're like, man, I don't want to go to Washington a game three without this guy at least being pitching a one batter? I mean, in a perfect world, I'd like to see Kershaw go like eight innings. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, uh, you know, I think when it comes to the playoffs and, and you know, as the season got on, especially if you're a little bit older guy, like I didn't feel like you needed those touch and feel, you know, innings just to kind of get your work in at at the point you've, how many innings have you had during the season and and you've been throwing some games or you've been getting work in or side sessions. Like, you know, if you can get a little rest and it's not something you need to get in there just to say, Hey, I need to get an inning in or a couple batters. You know, I'm not a huge proponent of that. Uh, If a guy just, if that's his routine, if that's a Jansen thing, like he doesn't like the you know, have five days off without getting in a game, then then you try to work in that. But you let the game dictate. Uh, it, when it comes to the play, it's not like the regular season and the last couple of weeks of the season where you can kind of make those moves. The game's going to dictate who gets in there or not. If it's a blowout and it's 12 to 1 and Jansen says, hey, I want to get in a game, then you put him in a game. But there's no one in there I said, oh, he's got to get in there. I, I want Kershaw to go 8. And then, you know, if it's a 5 to nothing lead, you know, throw whoever. Throw Baez for an inning just to get him work if, if that's what it comes down to. But save your bullets. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Um, so shame on both of us for not doing, knowing that Doolittle. Oh, Doolittle. That, I, before you even said it, I was like, it popped in my head. Oh, yeah. So he's and, he's a good, and he's a good – but he's a good one. I yeah, mean, he's, he's a short guy, but, he, but he's good. Yeah, no, no. He's, he's de- he hasn't had the season that he wanted to have this year. Um, but you're talking about, a, you know, an all-star. 
You know, yeah. there's, he, he's done really well the last few years, but not, not quite where he's, he wants to be this year, but definitely, you know, and it, to me, some, when it, when it comes down to that, some of it doesn't even make a difference when you get in the playoffs, it, it's, you can throw a lot of stats. And like I said, you can throw the papers out the window because you'll see a guy's heart out there and his, and his soul when he's going and, and trying to get people out. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Well, hey, I think we've covered everything I wanted to cover. Um, Houston's up 4-0 on Tampa Bay already in the, uh, what do we got here, in the fifth inning. Um, we're not looking forward to uh, any other series other than the one we're playing, but I'm excited for tonight's game. And we got the late game. It's going to be a good Friday night. Yeah, no, I, I got my, my, cal- my, my calendar uh, marked up. My kids know, don't bother dad. I'm going to be watching the game. <laughs> so <laughs> they know to stay away. That. Well, and yeah. I know you, like me, are, are always have an interest in watching the Yankees play. I'm excited to see the Yankees play the number one hitter. I think that's going to be a great – I think that's going to be a great series. I think, that's a, I think that's a series that, you know, you have – I think they're built – and we'll, we'll, we'll touch this for like a minute. They're built almost the same. They have a bunch of offensive power. Their yeah. pitching staffs are not – I don't want to say they're bad because obviously they have to be decent to get where they're at, but it's all about the offense. And it's going to be – it's either it's, either guys are going to be trying to do too much and they're, and they're going to overextend themselves and, and strike out or they're going to put up some, some big numbers. Well, keep your phone on, Brett, because some of them might be calling for some bullpen relief here in the next couple That ship has sailed. <laughs> Well, hey, guys, uh, we are the Dodger Dudes on the Believe Podcast Network. It's B-L-E-A-V.com. Check it out. We believe in the Dodgers. Do you? Brett, give me a prediction for tonight's game, man. What do you think? I'm saying Kershaw's going to go six strong. Uh, I'm, saying, I'm saying Dodgers win five to one. All right, I'm going with five <laughs> to three Dodgers tonight. Uh, I'm with you. I I'm going to say Kershaw five to two. Goes, I'm going to I'm going to split the difference. Five there to two. You go. There you go. You see how competitive, <laughs> right, right. There. All right, guys. Hey, we'll be back uh, before Game Three with another show. Thanks for tuning in. We'll talk to you next time. Go Dodgers. Thanks for tuning in to the Dodger Dudes Show with the former Dodger pitcher Brett Tomko and Josh the Duker Luke. Whether you're at the stadium, on your couch, or at work, don't forget to interact with the hosts on social media at the Dodger Dudes on Twitter and Facebook. That's the Dodger Dudes on both Twitter and Facebook. Check out other SoCal sports podcasts at Believe.com. That's B-L-E-A-V.com. Now go vote on our Twitter and Facebook fan poll and tune in again soon. Game on. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.